everybody, and welcome to the Links Among Links podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Yocker. Today, I am joined once again by my co-host, Tay. Tay, how are we doing? Doing all right, Lucas. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. So since we last uh, recorded, Lynx regular season just wrapped up. Um, finished off with a win after losing uh, three games prior to that. Um, losses to Seattle, Washington, Las Vegas, but then win over the Indiana Fever to wrap up the season. So with that, the Lynx finished uh, with a record of 14-8. and eight. Um, We may have mentioned it on the last podcast, uh, but that uh, uh, puts them at the fourth seed overall, um, which earned them a first-round bye um, in the playoffs. So for those of you who don't know, the WNBA playoffs is set up where there's um, where the, the top two teams get a first round, or the top four teams get a first round by the top two teams get uh, the first two rounds off. Uh, so what that means is that the Lynx will play the highest remaining seed of the remaining bottom four teams that made the playoffs, um, which as of this recording, the, the eighth seed has not been uh, solidified yet. Um, so it could uh, basically go that the, the Lynx will, could play either uh, the Mercury, the Sky, uh, the Sun, or the Mystics, but most likely either uh, the Mercury or the Sky. Um, before we get to more discussion on the playoffs, uh, let's talk about that last game against the Fever. Um, it ended in, I got to find what the, the final score was here, uh, a 98-86 win for the Lynx. Um, Rachel Bannum uh, started in, uh, in place of uh, Crystal Dangerfield, who sat out with just uh, getting rest in uh, as Cheryl Reef has described her as being one of the most banged up players for, for going on weeks now. Um, interesting thing she did say before the game that uh, she wasn't going to gas anybody, but then uh, Nafisha Collier played the first 37 minutes of the game. Uh, and when asked after the game uh, why that was, she basically laughed and uh, didn't say anything. So uh, who knows what that was all about. Um, but Tay, do you have any uh, takeaways from, from that win over the fever? I mean, the biggest takeaway I would say is Rachel Bannum. I mean, what a night, right? Double-double, 29 points, 10 assists. Uh, it, she couldn't miss, and it was exciting to watch because we've been waiting, and we've said – and she's actually kind of showcased this a few games, but this game I think in particular with her getting the start in 10 for 14, I mean, it was just – she was just on fire. She was just on fire, and it was exciting to see her excited um, – and, and, yeah, it was fun to watch. And I, I hope that that kind of increases that confidence and that momentum going into playoffs for her and for the rest of the team. Yeah, we uh, saw Bannon do that a couple times this year, in the, particularly in the second half of the season where uh, she, I think she had three games where she shot basically perfect from, from the three-point line. Um, and with, that, with the win she, and that great performance, uh, she solidified uh, basically owning the, the Lynx's single season record for highest three-point field goal percentage. I think she finished at like 47.2% or something like that. Um, interestingly enough, the, the previous record was held by uh, Maya Moore, and I think it was like her, it was like 43 or 44% or something like that. Bridget Carlton also finished this season with a, a 45% three-point field goal percentage. Uh, so if, if Bantam wouldn't have broken the record, uh, uh, Carlton would have, um, but yeah, any, I, I, I'm hoping, uh, that the Lynx get, you know, obviously to expect a game like that from Bannon, uh, in the playoffs is maybe a little above and beyond, but if she can bring some consistent play off the bench, you know, uh, really towards the end of the season when she was getting more consistent minutes, um, 
you really saw her her thrive uh, when she wasn't necessarily so much in like a uh, primary ball handling role. And it was pretty much just, if you're open, shoot it, um, go out there and make things happen. I think that really plays to her strengths. Um, like I said, 47% from three. I mean, that's the elite of the elite. Um, so I think if they, if the links can get anything uh, from her, even like, even like 75% of that game, uh, they're going to be a tough out for whoever they play, uh, particularly in a single elimination game when um, anything can happen really. 100%. And that's the scary part of knowing that it's a single game elimination, but um, we do have the privilege of waiting to see who we get lined up with um, in the playoffs to kind of go back and, and figure out our tactics and what we're going to do. But uh, yeah, if, if Bantam can bring just a little bit of that, um, you know, coming off the bench in, in the playoffs, I think we will be, we will be just fine. And, you know, Fee, I think too is, is seeing these players kind of, catch their win and catch their feeding towards the end of the season, right? Because this would normally kind of be in the middle of the season in a regular, regular world. But, you know, with it just being 22 games, like it just, this is, it's um, almost kind of like just scratching the surface. Like people are just starting to click. We're seeing ball movement. We're seeing communication. We're seeing 29 points a game. We're seeing 10 assists from people. We're seeing what everyone can contribute. Um, and, you know, especially with that game, four out of the five starters were in double figures. And I always like to say, like, that's a beautiful thing if you get off five, but it's great that you can still get off four of those five people contributing like that. Um, but we all know Bridget Carlton contributes in other ways, and it doesn't have to be in points because she's just she's on the floor all the time. Um, but I am excited to see what this kind of, again, this confidence or this momentum and, and how that can steer us in, in our next opponent. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit more. So uh, as I mentioned off the top there that uh, the first two teams or the first four teams uh, in the in the rankings get the first round off. Uh, currently, um, as of right now, the Storm and the Aces are playing their final game of the season against each other. Uh, the winner of that will be the, the number one overall seed. Um, and I, I think it's pretty clear, became pretty clear over the last couple of weeks that those two are are you know, pretty obviously the two better teams in the WNBA. Uh, the Sparks got the three seed, Lynx get the four seed, um, Mercury the five, Sky the six, the Sun the seventh, and then that eighth spot is up between the Mystics and the Wings. So um, as I said before, the Lynx will get the the high, or the or highest remaining um, seed um, once the first round is over with. So um, the Los Angeles Sparks obviously being the, the team that um, gets the other the other team. So, of the the four teams remaining in the in the playoff hunt, uh, basically, I don't you know the Lynx wouldn't be able to play the eighth seed, so they wouldn't play the Mystics or the Wings. Unlikely to play the Suns, but I guess technically it's still possible. Um, so between the Mercury, the Sky, and the Suns, who are the t- which team uh, gives you the most uh, nerves in a one game setting? Phoenix Mercury. I mean. Mm-hmm. Hands down, they're um, they're a playoff team, and even without a, a big piece of Brittany Griner, we've kind of seen Diana Taurasi and Skylar Diggins Smith just outplaying people. Um, and I think Skylar's playing some of like this might be her best season to me. Um, but Phoenix has threats on uh, on offense and on defense. Um, 
and they just they're winners and and they compete every single night um so that would be the one team that i would definitely have to like close my eyes and watch at the same time yeah i was uh taking a look at the the lynx's regular season schedule before we logged on here and, and against those bottom five teams uh this year the lynx went eight and two um and of the teams that they're most likely to play um their only loss was to phoenix uh 83 to, to 79 and that was back at the end of August. Um, mm. But, yeah, I totally agree. I think, uh, you know, Chicago could be dangerous in a, in a one-game series just because of uh, what Vandersloot and uh, Quigley uh, can do. You know, if either one of them catches fire from deep in particular, they could be a tough out. Um, I think, you know, like I said, we're, they're not going to face Dallas or Washington. Washington was the was the other team that, uh, that beat uh, the Lynx. Um, but yeah, I, I would feel pretty confident in their in their matchup with the Sun. Um, Lynx won both of those games pretty handily. Um, obviously, you have to you have to watch out for Dewan of Honor in, in in that matchup. But um, so all those teams have at least one player that if they catch fire on on the right night um, could spell trouble for the Lynx. Uh, but I mean, the same argument could be made uh, in the opposite uh, end of the spectrum. You know, if if the Lynx, you know they have more players on their team that if they get hot uh, could pose threats to the other team. You know, they have to think about Collier. They have to think about Dangerfield. Those two are going to be, you know, obviously the two that teams opponents uh, key in on. If Sylvia Falls comes back and she, um, you know, plays that even close to the level that she was playing at the beginning of the year before she went down, she's going to be a difficult matchup on both sides of the floors for any of those teams. Um, and then you also have to think, like, hey, we can't let Dantas get hot from three. We can't let Bantam get hot from three because they could potentially swing the tide of a game. You know, they might not be the leading scorer. Or they might not have the best stats at, at the end of the night. But, you know, if, if you get 10 points from Bantam or 12 points from Bantam, like you got to think that the Lynx are going to be in a good position to win. So I, I, I agree with your, with your assessment that the team you probably wouldn't want to play the most are the Mercury. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to kind of, to see how it goes. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. I think that, you know, the Lynx have uh, various threats um, that other players will have to pay attention to, which really sets us apart from a lot of teams right now in the league. Um, you know, with, anyone on the court in the starting five could definitely have, you know, double digit points, sometimes a double double, whereas some teams is kind of dependent on one to three players. But with the links, all five can come out and catch fire and do work. Um and even getting contributions from the benches as well. Um so I definitely that that gives us a step up compared. I just I really, you know, Phoenix is like that 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 go getter hard team. And once Diana Tarazi heats up emotionally mentally physically uh everyone just needs to stay clear absolutely and yeah and there there's nothing like having you know a a veteran point guard of of her experience and her caliber leading a team in the playoffs you know dangerfield has been amazing you know we we don't need to spring her or uh, uh, sing her praises anymore um than we already have but i mean anytime you have a a multi-year vet uh mvp former mvp running the show and they're going up against a rookie like no matter how impressive that rookie is, they, they still are going to have a little bit of an advantage there. Um, so let's say, uh, so the, the first round happens on Tuesday. And again, that's that single elimination. So we'll know by Tuesday night or Wednesday morning who the Lynx uh, will go up against. Um, 
and then from there, uh, things are going to get interesting depending on how uh, the Storm and the Aces, uh, how their game wraps up tonight. Uh, because if the Storm, or if the if the Aces win, they get the number one seed, uh, meaning that should the Lynx move on uh, from the second round and into, would that be the semifinals? Um, they wouldn't have to, they'd, they'd go up against the Aces rather than the Storm. Now, so the Aces did win today. The Aces did win today. Okay, yep. so the Aces are the Aces are the number one seed. The the Storm are the number two seed. Um, so let's say the top four seeds make it all the way to the, the finals. It would be um, Aces, Lynx, uh, Storm, Sparks. So the Lynx lost both games to the Aces. They lost both games to the Storm. Uh, but do you think the the potential matchup with the Aces is more favorable for the Lynx, or would you rather face the Storm? Can I say neither? Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you know, I still, I think, uh, how do I want to word this? I think Seattle, Seattle was the better basketball team. Like when I think mm-hmm. of a team, I think of Seattle and, and what they do as a, as a squad. But Vegas, that team is just so outstanding. And that's another great team of, you know, you have Asia Wilson, you know, she's going to get points. Angel McCaudry is going to get hers. But then you have to think about Jackie Young and Kayla McBride um, and De'Erica Hamby, who I just saw had 23 points today. Like, they uh, have a little bit more um, predictability than Seattle. Like, I know going in, like, all right, this is going to be it's going to be a banger with Seattle. But with, with Vegas, it's just like, I don't, I don't know. There's something about them that just makes me a little bit more nervous than playing against Seattle. Like, I know what I'm going to get with Seattle. I know that, you know, Brianna Stewart or Jordan Canada, Sue Bird, Alicia Clark, whomever, Joel Lloyd. But with the Aces, it's like you never know who's coming in and what they're going to contribute and what they're going to give you. So that's another factor of, like, you know, defense and game plan and, and, and film and all of that. Um, so the, the Aces, they always scare me. It, that's, that's who I – that I, I'm stuttering because I'm not nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm just looking at the scores uh, of the games. Uh, <laughs> of the four, none of them were particularly close. The the closest the Lynx got to winning was a 10-point loss uh, to the Aces. Um, but another thing that we need to consider is that neither of those teams have seen the Lynx at their full potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sylvia Fowles was injured for uh, for all four games. She, she didn't play at all against any of those teams. Um, so with her, uh, you know, if, if she's in there, she'll be more of a, a post presence, um, which probably would help more against the Aces just because uh, Stewart can uh, spread the court so well. Um, and and she's, uh, she, she's kind of a more quick athletic player. Uh, not that, that fouls would, would struggle against that per se, but um, I think in the Aces you could put Collier on Wilson um, and then just – uh, kind of let uh, Fowles uh, man the paint, um, but I'm not sure how that how the how Collier's matchup with Stewart would would go in a in a five game series. You know, uh, Collier's match or uh, defense really improved as the season went on. I thought by the end of the year she was she was playing really well, um, but it'll it'll be interesting because uh, one of the things if you look at the 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 stats, particularly the offensive defensive ratings, the only <laughs> four teams. Um, finished in both the top five in offensive rating and defensive rating. And it was the uh, the Storm who finished first in both rankings, 
the Aces who finished both, or who finished second in both rankings, and then you had the Lynx and the Sparks both finish like fifth and fourth in one or the other. So the top four teams are like clearly the top four teams, but at the same time, the top two teams were clearly better than the other two teams. Um, and I think no matter how you slice it, it it's going to be a tough, tough matchup for the Lynx. Um, but at the end of the day, no one expected the Lynx to even be close to this situation. Um, you know, a, a, a lot of people at the beginning of the year didn't even think pro, uh, project them to make the playoffs. Uh, and not only did they, did they do that, um, but they made a, you know, they would have had home court advantage if it would have been everyone, you know, a normal world, like you said before. So they have met or exceeded every single expectation that anybody had of them up to this point. Um, so, you know, I think you obviously you want to see them win in the, in the, their first matchup. You'd like to see them to get to the, get to a five game series to at least give themselves a chance. Um, but I think regardless of, of how the postseason goes, it, it would be tough to not consider this season a, a success. Oh, totally agree. I mean, I think that with the cards that we've kind of been dealt this season with fouls being out and uh, Kelly going down really early and, um, you know, kind of losing that contribution, but then gaining Crystal, Dan Crystal Dangerfield and gaining, getting Odyssey Sims back and seeing Fee kind of get her stride and having an awesome sophomore year, right? We hear about the sophomore slump so much. That didn't happen at all. And I don't think – what I really like to contribute to the fact of the, the situation that, you know, WNBA is, is, is right now with the bubble is, like, there was no time for a sophomore slump, all right? She kind of had to take on a different role and responsibility, and she did just that. Um, and also, uh, you know, like I said, having Odyssey back. And I, I do think, going back to your point of Vegas or both teams kind of never really seeing us – fully I think Vegas might be the only team that Odyssey played against um within those top four I believe maybe the Sparks mm -hmm. but like haven't seen everything yet and so there's still some weapons that we have um but I I love this season I love watching this season um you know we got rookie of the year we got some MVP chance here and there mm -hmm. um and I I like I liked watching it. I liked how they overcame different obstacles and challenges with, with a big piece of fouls being gone. Um, we got to see the emergence of my bucket, Bridget Carlton, you know, so there, there are a lot of highlights um, within this season, within this very, very short season that we were able to see. Um, and I'm just, I'm so damn proud of them. Like regardless of how the season ends, like I, I'm super proud. And as someone from, not the state of Minnesota, and now being, like, so passionately involved. Um, yeah, go Lynx, man, always. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's go back to, to Fowles potentially uh, coming back. Um, as of last night, uh, when uh, Cheryl Reef talked about it a little bit after the game, uh, basically all she would say is that uh, they were glad that they got the four seed so that they can give her a few more days of rest, uh, that they're, she's been doing her – best to try and get out there um at this point you know reading between the lines a little bit my guess is it's it's about 50 50 um i think if it was like a game five of the western conference finals you'd see her out there um i think with a with a one game series and if they're matched up against a team that they feel favorable uh, about the matchup so probably everybody but mercury um I guess it wouldn't surprise me if, if they say, hey, let's, this squad has been on a roll. 
uh, except for at the very tail end of the season there. Uh, the squad has been on a roll. Let's let's roll with it for one more game, get to a five-game series. That gives uh, Fowles a couple more days to rest. It would, at this point, it would give her over a week of, of more rest and recovery. Um, and then integrate her back into the lineup. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last time. I think that would push uh, Bridget to the bench. So then uh, you would be having a lineup of Dangerfield, Sims. Uh, then it would be probably Collier, Dauntus, Fowles. So that's a, it's a big lineup that lacks some uh, outside shooting. Uh, but I think that would be uh, probably the best, the best lineup to go up against, uh, you know, Las Vegas, basically. Yeah, I, I hope that we, um, that the Lynx are able to do as much as they can without fouls um, mm-hmm. until necessary because, um, you know, when she went down in, in, in the game, it was like what, two minutes into that game. And, you know, it was, it was just, it was maybe like a little bit too soon. So mm-hmm. the way that we've been playing without her, I do have confidence in that we can, get a little bit of longevity and get her some rest. And, you know, granted, we don't have to see Phoenix in the first round. But um, I would like to to see us be a little patient with that and just waiting. Um, but if it comes down to it, then, yeah, bring her on in. It's it's time. Yeah, and I, and I think another reason uh, – I say this half-joking, half-seriously. Another reason why you want the fouls to be completely hit healthy going into the game or going into the series against Las Vegas should it happen. Uh, Las Vegas coach is Bill Lambeer, who uh, had a bit of a reputation back when he was a player. Uh, I don't think he would uh, be afraid to say, hey, follow, she's not 100%. Let's go at her. Um, so, I, 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 again, I'm, I'm 50% joking, 50% telling the truth. But, I mean, Listen, their head coach a, is Bill Lambeer. As a, as a bad boy's era born baby, I will say that Bill has changed as a coach. He, <laughs> yeah. he's not the same he's not the same player coach he's he's a coach now and I think he uh though that that bad boy's in him a little bit I think it's different as a coach I really hope that he is not at that level <laughs> no yeah and there there was a video earlier in the season of of fouls jumping in his arms all sweaty after a practice so I think there's nothing but love between those two so um but yeah it's 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 so interesting that this, this whole season, you know, we've been, this whole season has just been a string of what ifs and, and what could be. And now we're entering the playoffs and it's like, you know what? They're in the exact same spot. Yes. They mm-hmm. overachieved. Yes. There's a lot of things to uh, kind of for them to hang their hat on and say, Hey, this season was an unmitigated success. But at the end of the day, you know, this team could easily lose in their, in their second round game. And if you told me that they ended up beating the aces, I would say it probably went into five games and it was a, a slog. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It, it's just this, this team is in such a situation where because they have the coach of the year, in my opinion, um, leading this, leading the team, they have Fowles who has experience in the playoffs. Collier got a taste of the playoffs last year. Um, Dangerfield, you know, for all her inexperience, she did go undefeated during her time at Connecticut um, running the show there. Um, Carlton's Iowa State teams were, were pretty successful. Like, they don't have the experience, and they are the league's second youngest team. Um, so you would expect them to maybe uh, crumple a little bit under the pressure. But at the same time, they didn't really crumple at all this year, except for you could maybe make the argument uh, 
who did they lose to at the end of there? Uh, Washington by three points. I mean, that was really the only game where if you look at it over the course of the season, you're like, yeah, it's, oh, well, I guess the, and a three point loss to the dream. Otherwise all their losses were like teams that you're like, yeah, that kind of makes sense that the, the Lynx lost that. So I'm not expecting them to really fold under the, under the bright lights. Obviously since there's, since there's uh, no crowd uh, that's probably going to help, they would have had home court advantage anyway, but um but yeah, it's. I, I guess I, I don't have anything else to say other than it's. It's going to be interesting to see what what team comes out and plays on on Thursday night. It will, and and you know, I think I said this like a, the very first episode that I started this is just like it's such an unpredictable team. But it's like it, it's a good unpredictable team, and um, you know, those last few games against the Dream in Washington, like we knew Washington was going to come out hungry, and they're mm-hmm. they're they're clawing for the eighth spot. Yep. So I kind of knew that it was, you know, it was, they were going to go get that. But, um, yeah, it's it's been a, a, a weird, challenging, but fun season. And, you know, like you said, we have a couple people that have that taste of playoffs. And we also just have a lot of winners on that squad. Um, you know, especially Kiki coming from Dawn Stanley. And, and, and mm-hmm. that that is also a winner's mentality. So I think we've kind of all been here at some point, not on this platform, but like you said, I don't see I don't see this team folding. Um, I don't see um, this squad of coaches allowing them to fold as well, right? We we got this far. Let's keep going. Let's keep showing people what we can do, um, and we just have to continue to have that hunger and that drive and that confidence. And um, I'm all in. I'm all in. All in. There you go. There you go. Me too. Me too. Uh, so a little bit of a shorter episode this week, uh, but there was really only one game to talk about and preview the playoffs. Um, we'll be back next week to hopefully discuss a, a Lynx win and then uh, preview the matchup against, again, the, the Aces, fingers crossed. Um, any last second thoughts? No, like I said, I'm just all in. I'm ready. I'm just ready for playoffs, period. Like, just yep. playoffs, is, especially with this format of single-game elimination, just makes it so – it just reminds me of March Madness, and I, and mm-hmm. I love it. I love it because you, 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 know, you don't know. We don't know. Right. We don't know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I asked uh, Rachel Bannum after the game the other night. I'm like, what are you most looking forward to the playoffs? And she's like, well – with the regular season, anybody could win on any given night and it's just a bunch of unknowns. And then you get to the playoffs and that intensity is turned up like, like a hundred percent. So she was just saying, she's like, she's, it's just a fun environment. It's just such a unique environment. I think, you know, uh, if you'd expect them to be nervous at all, uh, like we said before, they don't have a ton of playoff playoff experience. Um, But if you'd expect them to be nervous at all, it, it seemed like they were more, excited than anything to to get out there and play some playoff basketball so 100 percent agree all right so with that we'll wrap it up uh from myself from my co-host tate uh this has been the links among links podcast thanks for listening see you